Welcome to the Travel Media Lab podcast. I'm your host, Yulia Denisuk, an award-winning travel photographer and writer, entrepreneur, community builder, and a firm believer that every one of us can go after the stories we've always wanted to tell with the right support, encouragement, and structure. I'm on a mission to help women storytellers everywhere break into and thrive in the travel media space. If you're ready to ditch your fears to the side, grow your knowledge and confidence, and publish your travel stories, you're in the right place. Let's go. Today on the podcast, we're joined by Hannah Foster Rowe, a journalist and photographer and our very own Travel Media Lab community member. Hannah has been with us nearly from the beginning of our journey, and it's been amazing to watch her blossom and thrive as a travel writer. Since taking our class and joining our membership, Hannah has been published in places like Time Magazine, House of Coco, Matador Network, and more. In this episode, Hannah shares her experience attending a big travel media conference called IMM, International Media Marketplace, for the first time. We'll talk about some of her hesitations prior to attending, how the experience went, and what she got out of it going forward. And today, I'm also very excited to announce that our newly imagined travel journalism class is enrolling very soon. This year, we're doing something different with it. We're turning this class into a six-month program, during which students will have access to our amazing support inside the Circle membership community. So for people who will be joining our class this year, they will get to experience the best of both, a foundation of travel journalism knowledge that I give in the class, plus the ongoing support inside our membership for them to actually apply all of it and, most importantly, stick to it. I will be holding a free info session about this program on Friday, May 6th at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. So if getting your travel stories published is something you dream about, don't wait. Visit travelmedialab.com slash info session. That's one word, info session, to register today and see if this six-month program is right for you. All right, now on to this episode with our dear friend and community member, Hannah. All right, well, welcome to the podcast, dear Hannah. I am so excited to uh, welcome you today. You've been on the podcast before, you've come a couple of times, and I always love talking to you. And today, it gives me great pleasure to introduce Hannah Foster Rowe, who is a journalist, content writer, and photographer. She creates stories about responsible travel, culture, and nature. She made the leap to change her career during the pandemic, and she has been published in some really great publications like Time Magazine, Matador Network, House of Coco, and others. And Hannah is also our travel journalism uh, masterclass student, and she's been with us inside our membership, The Circle, I think since almost since the beginning, which is just so incredible. And she's one of our most active and supportive members in the circle. So we're just very lucky to have Hannah with us uh, today on the podcast. So welcome, my friend. Thank you. It's good to be here. Good to be back. Definitely. So the reason why we're talking today is that Hannah recently went to IMM, International Media Marketplace Conference. And if you sort of heard me speak about travel, travel media in other spaces or on this podcast, you know, you've heard this before, that I always say that IMM is the conference to be at for travel photographers and writers who want to make connections in the industry, who want to uh, get to know tourism boards, tour operators, etc. And uh, this conference is held annually. All over the world, they they hold they have it in the U.S. in January in New York, and they have it in London in the spring, and they have it in other locations as well. We'll link to it in the show notes so you guys can check it out. Uh, but this time was the first time for Hannah to attend this conference, and she had such a great time. We talked about this inside our membership, and I just really wanted to share her experience uh, with our podcast listeners so that you can sort of see how this works. 
And hopefully you get excited to apply and attend IMM or other conference yourself as well. Yeah, sounds good. It was a, yeah, it was a great, great experience and surprising in quite a lot of ways, personally and professionally. So excited to tell you what I, what I learned. Awesome. Yeah, me too. Well, let's, let's dig in then. So I want to talk first about sort of some of the preparations or some of the things you were thinking about before the conference itself. Sort of walk us through that process. So I'd heard, I'd heard you, Yulia, talk about IMM in the circle. And I know that you'd been, you'd been before and you'd recently been to the one in New York. And I think, um, I'd heard you, I'd heard you speak about it in sort of previous years and thought that maybe I didn't feel, I remember it coming around in 2021 and didn't feel sort of ready to to go for it then because I know that when you apply it's not just a given that you get accepted they have to approve your your application so imposter syndromes crept in a little bit last year and I was just like no no not that so uh, I said to myself 2022 that'll be you know that'll be the year and I just I just thought it would be a great way because you know people sort of talk about how like it helps them stock up on a year's worth of stories across across two days and and I was just you know when I've not been I've not been traveling loads I was like this would be a great way to sort of to think about you know more strategically rather than just deciding right I'm going to go to I'm going to go to this place and see if I can make a story out of that trip you can just be a little bit more intentional. I thought it could make me be a bit more intentional about where I'm choosing to go and and what what sort of stories I wanted to to produce over over the course of the next year. So yeah, so I was just doing a little bit of I just thought a little bit about, you know, what my what my niche is sort of been carved into and, you know, had a few ideas in advance of the kind of destinations that I wanted to meet with, but by no means did I. I was very open to because the selection process as to how you get your meetings allocated, although you have a certain say in who you preference it's still quite random it is generated by an an algorithm so I was just like you know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be open to whoever I get paired with and actually I'm I'm glad I did because a lot of the meetings that I had where I was like you know I'm not quite I'm not quite sure whether whether there's a fit here but I'm gonna hold on to it anyway just in case and actually those meetings were the most sort of surprising and the most inspiring to to walk away from because there's it's there was things that I hadn't even thought about but anyway I think I'm jump jumping the gun a little bit there no it's it's it makes sense and we'll get into the the process itself and and the meetings themselves but I just want to unpack something that you said um about you know preparing for it and but I love that you stuck with that intention of going in 2022 even though in 2021 you felt like you weren't ready uh what do you think has helped you to feel like in 2022 you are ready I think just because on a simple level because I'd got more bylines under my belt but also because I felt I I felt I'd grown more in confidence as well and I felt more like I was still I was still really scared going into it but I felt like I had more of a right to be there which is silly because I know exactly what you're going to (laughs) say that I would have had just as much a right to have been there in 2021 with less bylines yes you know you know me well and but I just I just felt more like I could talk from a place of experience and a, a place of just knowing myself better as well this year and knowing better the sort of stories that that excite me and inspire me and yeah just having a clearer idea of what I can offer someone and what stories I want to put out into the world that's such an important thing that you just said Hannah and I want to pull that out but first and we've talked about this before you and I in our conversations that I see this growth in you as well. And, you know, I, I really celebrate you and I congratulate you on it because I absolutely see this. Like when you first came to us, I remember how, you know, we, we had a lot of conversations about imposter syndrome and all those things. And now I see you and you're talking about pitching here and doing work here and, and meeting this tourism board. And it's just so incredible to see. And you've really grown into this. And I love that so much. Um, but what I want to say is that, where you talk about knowing yourself and how that's part of 
that confidence too, especially for places like IMM. This is so, so important. And we sort of jumped right into talking about this without me actually explaining to you guys what IMM actually is and how it works. So this conference is sort of a, I call it the speed networking for tourism boards and journalists. So the attendees on both ends submit their preferences of who they would like to meet with. So the tourism board submit their preferences, the journalists submit their preferences, and then they sort of get matched in, in that way that Hannah was describing with the algorithm. So it's a, it's a speed networking setup. So you have 15 minutes to talk to each tourism board during the day. And imagine there's like 20, 25 meetings back to back. It becomes pretty crazy. So from a tourism board standpoint, when a journalist comes to them, you can really see quite well when a journalism is just giving you sort of some standard spiel and is not really bringing their niche and their focus into the conversation and is just asking, so what's new here? What do you guys have going on? I know this because I, that's what I've gone through myself and I've gotten this feedback from tourism boards that when you show up to the table, to that conversation, with a really keen understanding of who you are, what kind of stories you want to tell, what is your niche, that conversation becomes much, much, much more fruitful. And they are actually excited about it because then they're like, oh, I see that you're focusing on, you know, culinary experiences that you can only have on food. Let's say, I don't know, I'm making this up. Well, we have this new thing that just opened here that could be right, right up your alley, right? So this is part of that knowing yourself and knowing what interests you, what kind of stories you want to do that gives you that confidence to then come and blow this out of the water, right? Yeah, definitely. Because I think, you know, that's like what you were saying, that's what that's what the tourism boards need from you as well. Because I remember, so the first couple of meetings I had on my first day when I was feeling just that, that initial sense of overwhelm, I did sort of like, I think I, I don't think I explained, you know, me very well in those, in those meetings and looking back, like, you know, it was just, it was just the nerves getting in the way, but you could tell when, you know, you could tell in certain meetings where, cause it makes their job easier as well. When you go in and you sit down and you say, shall I start by telling you a little bit about me, what I'm interested in? And they're like, yes, please. Cause then I can tell you, you know, what we have that, that fits with that so you know it makes your life easier because you're not being told you know anything that's anything that's irrelevant or generic or not of specific interest to your niche but it and it makes their job easier because you know they they then don't have to sit there and do the spiel that they've done constantly over the course of the day they can put a little, little bit more color and a little bit personality into what they into what they give you as well. Yeah, exactly. That, that's exactly it. And what I always say, too, is that this conference, the purpose of that conference for both of you, for the tourism board and for, for the journalist, is to figure out if there is a fit mm. between what interests the journalist, you know, what, kind, what type of stories the journalist wants to create, and what's happening in that destination right now. And there isn't always going to be a fit. But like you said earlier, some of those meetings that you were like, oh, I'm not sure about this and you hold on to them and you go and see sometimes they surprise you actually and you and and you might discover some very unique stories that no one else that other people might miss which is sort of an interesting experience yeah so tell us uh, tell us a bit about some of the meetings that went extremely well that you were very happy about I think Azerbaijan is one of them, right? Yeah, Azerbaijan definitely was was one of my favorites. And that was just it was just really great because there was this we'd been talking for a couple of minutes and I'd been explaining, you know, a bit about my experience and what interested me. And then so I and I could see see the two women, you know, across the desk from me and they were sort of, you could see their sort of like the cogs going as they were thinking about, you know, what they could what they could give me in response to that. And as they were telling me about all of the incredible things that Azerbaijan has to offer, there was just this really beautiful moment where it was like, you know, the two things came together, like my my interests and, you know, and Azerbaijan's culture and nature and, you know, slow food and pomegranate wine. And, you know, and it just, there was just a really beautiful moment where, it just all sort of clicked. And then 
yeah and it made me it just made me really excited and and I was already thinking as I was sat there I was sort of scribbling notes in my in my notepad about you know potential potential themes to explore and whatnot and then and then before I left that meeting I don't know whether they gave whether whether they gave anyone else one of these like from most places I just was given a USB stick or a pen but as the um the two ladies from Azerbaijan I should shout them out so Vafa and Fidan they gave me an, an Azerbaijani tea set because tea ceremonies tea ceremonies in Azerbaijan are a big part um so they gave me this beautiful uh tea set and then at lunchtime as I was just about to start stuffing my face with like chili and rice or something um they came over to me and invited me onto their table at lunch because they were sponsoring the lunch that day so their CEO was in town to give a speech and they were showing a promo video about their destination so they had a they had a table right in the middle of the room and there was me and one other journalist that were invited to to join them and we just just had a bit of a we chatted we chatted a little bit more about about Azerbaijan but we mostly just you know just chatted about about life and and when I had to go back in for my meetings in the afternoon like I hugged them goodbye and it was like saying bye to old friends it was uh it was crazy so that was one great that was one great meeting that's important that connection that human connection because sometimes actually that means a lot more than anything else because these are the people that you will potentially work with down the road right because we we go to IMM and conferences like it to create connections with tourism boards. We go there to practice our pitch too. We go there to practice talking about ourselves. But at the end of the day, the ultimate goal is to develop connections that lead into and turn into a hosted media trip, right? And then you will be working with some of these people. So it's important that you like them and you have a good relationship with them, which is sort of Hi, dear listeners, I'm interrupting myself here to remind you that on Friday, May 6th at 10 a.m. Eastern, I'm going to run a free info session for Intro to Travel Journalism, our six-month program that gives you the blueprint for getting your travel stories published and kickstarting your travel journalism career. Go to travelmedialab.com slash info session to register today. All right, back to this episode of what what you're talking about but i wanted to ask you actually hannah having an experience like this such as you know a great welcoming uh experience did it make you feel like you belong in this industry and did it make you then after that lunch go back and and feel even more relaxed to to talk with it totally did you know there was just that because we all want to be validated we all want to feel like ideas matter outside of our own sort of personal bubble and and it's more difficult to to self-validate when you are a freelancer because you are your own boss essentially so and you're you know if you're anything like me you're not very good at listening to yourself so I so I can say oh I think this idea is good but until someone else gives me you know gives me their sort of opinion as to whether or their you know an indication as to whether they think it's good or not I don't believe it unless I get it from an external kind of source so yeah so there was just when when that meeting went so well and 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 others as well I was just like you know I've there were a few times where I was just like, I've got this. Like, what was I worried about? And yeah, and I did just feel, I felt so much lighter after after that one because it does it gives you a it gives you a confidence boost and it just just gives you reassurance that okay yeah my I you know I'm art- I'm articulating my ideas well they're coming across you know people are getting what you know what I'm trying to explain to them and what I'm trying to convey to them that I'm interested in and yeah it did uh helped a helped a lot when you get and this is there's just something to be said for talking to people in person as well and you know watching watching their if their face lights up when they're telling you about their destination then that's a really good sign because you know on the flip side of that you could you could see when people were perhaps a little bit jaded or you know bored tired which is all completely justifiable and we all you know we all have moments like that but 
it when when you see someone click into full storytelling mode as they're telling you and they're getting really animated and passionate about and that that's whether it's Azerbaijan or the Isle of Wight or Saskatoon in Canada or Okinawa or anywhere you you can just see when someone is passionate about the place and that in turn makes you passionate about wanting to you know to help them tell the story of that place yeah, for sure. I, I, I couldn't agree more with that. And I want to say something about what you said earlier about because we're freelancing, we can't really validate our own ideas. In in some ways, I feel like that's one of the central central journeys on this path is to learn how to get better at that, how to trust your own ideas, how to not rely on that external validation as much. And it's hard. It's it's I'm not saying it's easy because at the end of the day, you know, and, and we talked about this, by the way, and I'm going to talk about this on this podcast again, the randomness factor of pitching, where you can have the best idea. And in the end of the day, it will still fall through the cracks, even when the editor might absolutely love it. And you might take that occurrence and think, okay, this idea was not good. Whereas it was absolutely great. It just fell through the cracks, right? So, and again, this is, I think, the journey for, for the rest of the time we're here is to learn how to be better at self-validating and at trusting and at believing. And you were just telling me a story about this literally before we started recording, how you pitched someone recently, you kept following up, they never responded to you, and then you got an email today or yesterday. Yeah, I had an email from them because I'd pitched them this particular idea months ago and followed up, didn't hear anything. So I moved it along and I had it accepted at another publication and that's all, you know, the contract is signed and it's all happening. And then, yeah, this other publication got back to me today saying, if it's still available, you know, I'd, I'd really like to take it. I'm so sorry that it's taken me so long to get back to you. And there was something a bit smug and satisfying about me having to say sorry it's no longer available <laughs> that was you know that was quite quite because I've not had to do that before um it's the first time I've had to politely decline someone's offer because someone else has already taken it so that was a nice confidence boost as well yeah definitely Def and like I said earlier I'm just so happy to see your growth Hannah on this journey because it's like when you tell me stories like this that you had to politely decline someone's offer it makes me just so happy that this is happening for you that's amazing so let's talk a little bit about the what happens after you go to the conference right what happens then because like we said you know it's a two one or two day event where you know, it's it's 15 minute meetings back to back. It's pretty intense. You meet a lot of people, you click with some of them, you connect with them, you take lots of business cards, you give out lots of business cards, and then everybody goes home and then the emails come. So what happens next? Yeah. So yeah, like like you said, Julia, you you give out your business cards, they give out theirs, and you you sort of say, Oh, well, you know, we'll be in touch. And I think in most cases I said, you know, I'll I'll follow up with you. But then literally <laughs> the day after, so IMM finished on the Tuesday. Wednesday I was already getting press releases in my inbox from people that I'd met with saying you know it was great to meet with you here's some more information about the kind of things we we talked about and then yeah then very quickly you know PRs and tourism boards they most in a lot of cases they will get in touch with you and they will send you you know they'll send you more information about any specific themes that you discussed or press releases for new things that are coming up and then you know if there are any you don't hear back from then balls in your court to follow up with them but also I've also had I've had some emails being like you know I want to pick up the conversation that we had at IMM and you know, let's see if we can work on exploring some angles together and, and crafting some pitches. So, so yeah, it's basically then a case of carving out a really good amount of time because you can have up to 56 meetings, you know, across those two days, as you know. So if you fill up all of your slots, it's a lot of follow up. So you've got to carve out a good amount of time just to just to sit down and take your time with it and go through, you know, go through all of your take notes in your meetings that's my number one <laughs> suggestion when you're because you can still you can still be present and 
and take notes. It's just better for me to how I remember better if I've got stuff written down. So I go through my notes and I identify sort of the key key sort of I sort of circle where there's good a good amount of crossover and I say it was really great to meet you please could you send me more information about for instance new restaurant openings or walking trails or about that new wine museum you told me about and and yeah so you just it's it's very easy to get overwhelmed when that starts happening because your inbox just keeps filling up with press release upon press release and and I just set up a separate folder and I filed them filed them all away in that in that separate folder and and I gave it you know I gave it a day or two just for the dust to like settle and then started getting back to them and just saying thank you for this information I'll be in touch soon with you know with some with some ideas of things that we can explore together and I'm going to say this is a reminder to myself as well because I haven't done all of my follow-ups yet and and IMM was a good you know good couple of weeks ago now is that you know don't drop the ball on those you know on those connections that you make like you want to you want to sort of act while you're still fresh in those fresh in those people's heads Although I might add there that even that is not uh, a terrible, it's not irreversible if you drop the ball and you don't follow up because that's actually happened to me this time because I went to IMM and right, right at IMM in New York, end of Jan was sort of a perfect storm of personal things that were happening to me that were very difficult and that flooded or like that led into Putin invading Ukraine and that all. And so basically end of Jan, Feb, even March for me have been really difficult times. And I actually dropped that ball with many of the people I met at IMM this year, you know. And I uh, reached out to them finally, I think a few weeks ago, like uh, mid-March or something and said, hey, I'm just so sorry. This this is what happened, you know. I, I, this is I've been going through a difficult time, and not one said, "Oh my God, that's it. We're not talking to you now because you dropped the ball." Right? Not one. They said, "No, Yulia, we understand. Take your time. You know, we're here for you. How can we help?" Actually, so it's great. I, I agree. Generally, we talk about the fact that we want to sort of strike the iron while it's hot, and we want to build on those connections we made. But at the end of the day, nothing is irreversible, guys. So don't give yourself like a panic attack because you you know you haven't followed up with someone after some time it's it's all right it's you know we're all humans and life happens sometimes so yeah exactly yeah no and I like I said I haven't done all of my follow-ups either and but yeah so that's basically that's basically what happens and then if you if you do feel like you've got to a place then when you when you want to start crafting pitches out of some of the conversations that you had at IMM you then you come up with an idea for a story that you want to pitch and you have publication in mind and then you can go back to your contact at the at the tourism board and you just say hey I'm looking to pitch an idea about this thing to this publication what information do you have that can help me you know help me build a compelling pitch and and there are a couple of different ways you can approach that actually because not you don't need to take a trip to that destination for every single story you write I I mean ideally of course we want to we want to go somewhere and then we want to create those stories but sometimes that's you know it, it doesn't always need to be the case there are absolutely valid stories that are called desk research stories that take place uh, by the writer journalist researching contacting relevant people in this case the tourism board and, and putting their pitches together but I actually wanted to talk a little bit about the fact that and we talk about this a lot in the circle and actually in this podcast as well that there's this tension, there's this push and pull between the tourism board who, at the end of the day, you know, eventually some of these conversations will lead to an invitation on a press trip and they will want to have either a confirmed assignment or some sort of an indication that there is a soft, soft assignment by, by a publication somewhere. And the tension is that from a journalist side, we are actually... And, and editors are also don't quite like it when we pitch something ahead of going there, right? Because in, in a lot of ways, depending on the story, we're sort of pitching blind. 
So what I say always is that if this is a new publication that you're working with, and actually you've never, you know, you've never pitched them, you've never worked with them again, I don't recommend you pitching them something for a trip that hasn't yet happened. The only time I recommend this is if you already have a working relationship with somebody, you can say, hey, you know, I'm going to Azerbaijan. This is a story I'm really interested in. This is what I'm planning right now. Would you be, you know, what are your thoughts on it? Would you be interested in this? And they can give you that sort sort of soft indication uh, that they're interested. And then you work with the tourism board to see, to make sure it's okay for them. And in a lot of cases it is today. Tourism boards also understand that editors uh, don't really give hard commitments before the trip has happened. But I just want to like mention that there is this sort of dance between a tourism board, between the publication and the journalists in between dancing with all these parties. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're the one in the middle of the dance floor. You know, it's like a dance off, but just you in the middle, like completely exposed. <laughs> doing all sorts of crazy moves yeah i i i say it's a it's a chicken and egg scenario because you know and i said that to a couple of people that i was in meetings with the imm and so you know because a lot of the time editors won't say yes to a story unless you've been to the place but you can't always get on a press trip unless you already have a commission confirmed so you do just have to you just have to be sort of tactical about how you kind of go about it but yeah like I've I've sent some pitches already where I've not based off conversations that I had with people at IMM and I've sent some pitches already where I've I've not been to those places yet but because I already have a working relationship with that publication you know I feel like I feel like that's okay and because I've been given you know some really good solid information from my contacts at the tourism boards I feel like I feel like there's you know those pictures are still as accurate as they can be without me having gone there so yeah no and that's absolutely valid and and great approach to do that but again I think the, the key distinction there is having a working relationship with the editor because it's a some part of it is about trust you know these editors have worked with you already in the past they know your work they know what you can deliver so they're more comfortable sort of you know taking something from you before the trip has actually happened it's just harder to get that commitment from somebody who hasn't been exposed to your work before it's not impossible i'm not necessarily saying that it's impossible to cold pitch somebody and say you know this is about to happen this is the story i'm pursuing but chances are if they don't know you and your work they're not going to be as open to committing to it as when they already have a relationship with you Mm -hmm. so wonderful so that's what's what you've been uh doing now after the imm's been over following up with tourism boards having those conversations when can we expect to see you in azerbaijan (laughs) your stories from azerbaijan i don't know yet i i need to have a look at my at my notes and just identify a really clear angle because we we talked about a lot of stuff in that meeting so I just need to shape it into a really clear angle and then I can get I can glean some more information from the guys at the tourism board to then you know get a really strong pitch built but yeah there you know there's a lot to sort of to explore there and there's like you come you come back with way more ideas than you could possibly fit into a year like so I think you just you just need to prioritize the ones that resonate with you the most or if there are publications that you're pitching that have a particular time sensitive you know they're really into sort of super timely pitches you know go for go for those ones first because things move on so quickly spoken like a true professional Hannah Seriously. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. And and like you were saying, you, you come away with a lot of ideas and then you sort of have to prioritize some of those that are the most exciting to you and, and keep working with the tourism board and, you know, start, start sort of mapping out uh, the schedule uh, for the year for you. So that's really exciting, Hannah. I'm. I hope that you will be attending IMM again next year because it sounds like it was a really positive experience for you, and it it gave you again that validation 
and some of that confirmation that we talked about. And sounds like you've developed quite a few great contacts already with tourism boards, which, by the way, they will be handy year in and year out. You know, you might not necessarily go on a trip with to some of these destinations this year, but you know, when when a pitch when a call for pitches comes across your email that would fit whatever you talked about at IMM, you know, three months ago or four months ago or whatever. You can still come back to it and, and, and have something there. So I want you and others who are listening who maybe have attended IMM in the past or are thinking about attending conferences like this in the future is to treat all of these connections that you make as really long-term resources that you can always turn to as you continue developing your career and continue crafting new pitches, new relationships with publications, etc. It's all depositing into your bucket of building your career as a as a travel journalist as a travel writer and photographer so um very very happy that you decided to go this year and you didn't listen to your imposter syndrome as much and and had this wonderful experience I, no I was just gonna say you know I'm really glad I I'm really glad I went and once I'd sort of got the first two or three meetings done like I just I just sort of let myself relax into it a bit more because you know if you fill if even if you fill up you know let's say even if you were to fill up 40 of your slots out of the possible 56 over those two days that's still a really fast pace so it gets to a point where you're moving so quickly and you're you're sort of constantly ticking ideas over in your head that you don't have you don't have time to be nervous <laughs> so even if you start the day feeling nervous you just sort of you don't have time to panic or or anything like that you just have you have no choice but to power on but i'd say to anyone sort of like thinking about it being you know whether they're you know sort of worried about being faced with that many people or having to you know sell themselves like that just like the number one thing you need to be is just yourself and just be like just can be be completely sort of transparent and authentic because I I went into a lot of my meetings where you know people people would be like so how's you know how's your day going so far how's I am how's I am going for you so far and I'd just be like yeah you know like it's it's my first IMM you know it's a little bit overwhelming but but I'm enjoying it and a lot of the people that I spoke to it was their first IMM you know exhibiting there as well so there was just this collective exhale when we you know we both sort of felt like we could relax into it a bit more and the you know that and it became and the the important thing to remember is that it's it is a two-sided thing it you know like a job interview or whatever like as much as the tourism board or the PR company is deciding whether they want to work with you you're also deciding whether you want to work with them and you know if you've got someone sat across the desk for you where they're just giving you you know generic sort of fairly sort of like yeah cookie cutter you know un unimpassioned spiels and if they're if they're looking glazed over while you're talking to them you know even the meetings like that are valuable because it gives you an indication what that person's going to be like to work with you know on a deeper level and you know trust your red flags <laughs> um yeah so there is there's no such thing there was no such thing as a as a bad meeting because even the ones that weren't you know that I did even the ones that I walked away from where I was like okay that wasn't amazing but it's still valuable because now I know there isn't a fit there or that we wouldn't work sort of cooperatively together or whatever you know there was there's no such thing as a bad meeting yeah that's such a good way to look at it I really like that and you probably also had a lot of opportunities to refine your pitch in those 56 meetings or whatever, because every time you present yourself, right, you, you, you might think, oh, this resonated here, but that didn't really resonate. So you're sort of refining it as you go. And by the end of it, I'm sure now when you meet people or if, you, if you're going to meet people in this setting going forward, you will be much more comfortable talking about yourself, talking about, again, who you are and what interests you, what kind of stories you want to do. And that's all part of the growth, right? That's all part of this journey. Uh, that, because the interesting part is that you never know who you're going to meet next. 
You never know in which situation somebody might come across at you and your work and hear what you have to say about yourself and where that can lead. And, you know, I, I tell a story sometimes about an editor at a really big publication coming across me on Clubhouse when I was speaking there. And I had no idea she was in the room. She heard me speak. She then reached out to me via email. And I just, I had no idea that this was happening even, you know, so we never know who is coming across us. So this is even a growth opportunity for that because now you're, you're going to be much more relaxed and comfortable and focused on talking about you know what matters to you. Yeah, definitely. I, f- I really felt like that, the pitch on myself, it did evolve over the course of the day. And, you know, depending on who I was speaking to, because I did, I did some research in advance, like once you know who you're paired up with, you can sort of go through their profiles and, you know, you, you get a brief sense of what that destination is, is about. So I wrote some notes in advance so that I wasn't going into those into those meetings like completely unprepared you refine your pitch and that's that's really important yeah and so yeah and then you you know you know a little bit about the places that you're you're meeting with before your meeting so you know which you can pick bits you can chop and change your pitch as you sort of go along you don't you don't have to have your own like sort of set thing that you can say like if there's you know if you're meeting if you're meeting with a destination that you know has has loads of natural diversity in their landscapes then you can gear your pitch more towards you know sort of like sustainability or wildlife or conservation and things like that you know you can decide as you go along what you know what the best sort of fit is but I was going to say as well when you were saying about how these are these are connections that will sustain over you know these won't just these aren't just short-term connections a lot of the if you're especially if you're meeting with a PR that represents a company or or a tourism board they often represent more than just that tourism board that you're there having the meeting with so it's a good you know a good thing to do is ask them who else they represent as well because if there's not necessarily a fit with the place that you you've got the meeting on you can say well who else do you you know who else do you represent maybe there's a maybe there's a fit there and that's something I hadn't really thought of until I got to IMM and I realized that I was actually meeting with a lot of PR companies so I didn't I did start asking them you know who else is who else is on your books you know and that's that's you know that's a nice way to to make the conversation go a little bit further as well and it allows you know, allows the people on the other side of the desk who probably have a very repetitive day, allows them to talk about something a little bit different. Yeah, for sure. That's that's a great tip, Hannah. Uh, that's a great tip. Awesome. Well, that's that's. I really loved uh, that you were able to come and share uh, your experience with us today. I think it's really valuable to hear, especially from a perspective of somebody who is attending this for the first time, and and see how how valuable it was to you to go through you know, all of these processes that we talked about. I actually wanted to ask you in closing of our conversation today, I wanted to ask you a slightly different uh, question. So as you know, and I've shared this a bit in the circle, we have a class coming up and this is our travel journalism masterclass that I have opening usually twice a year. And so it's springtime. So it's coming up here soon. And for the first time ever, this class is also going to include a six month support inside the circle, our membership. So it's, it's, uh, it's a new way we're doing this. And the reason why we're doing this is that I actually see that the students who have taken the class with us and who stay with us in the membership, they get the best results. They get the best results. They get the most publications. And it makes sense, right, when you think about it, because you, you need to keep going. You need to keep pitching. You need to keep dedicating your time and your your effort into this. And uh, you need some support. You need people to motivate you around you and all of those things. So it's going to be a first time that we do this. Again, the class will will open this May and it will include a six-month support inside um, the circle, which is our membership with it. So as someone who has actually seen both sides of this coin, right? You've taken our class. You, you're like the OG. <laughs> 
You're the original. You've taken our class and you've also been inside our membership, The Circle, for a while. What would you say to someone who might be interested in this, might be thinking about what should I do next, might be even thinking about joining us, has been listening to this podcast for a while, has been getting our emails, but has been sitting on the fence uh, for some time now. What would you say to someone like that? I would just say just absolutely go for it because I I did the class and then I didn't immediately sign up for the circle I think I completed the class in like July or August 2020 and then I joined the circle in the following January and I joined the circle because I I really missed that sense of having having a team and like having having that accountability and that support and that just that feeling of that feeling of community but like I I, I've been very I'm always very vocal about how much the course quite literally changed my life like when I took the course I was like I wasn't working because I I was furloughed from from my jobs in theatre during the pandemic and you know so I suddenly found myself with this time to to sort of reconnect with okay what what am I really passionate about what do I really want to spend even if it's just the next chunk of my life even it's even if it's not the rest of my whole life what do I want to spend the next chunk of my life doing and then and I'd followed you on Instagram for a little while and then I saw saw your your class come up and I was just like this is you know and it just felt like perfect timing so I'd just I'd just say like if you're someone that's interested in travel if you are someone that you know is a natural storyteller if you're someone that just you know comes back for a trip and can't you know can't wait to share your photos can't wait to share you know what you've learned or how you planned your trip with other people if you've ever thought that travel journalism is this you know this intangible thing like because I I did I was like I was like travel journalism you know travel writing that's not something someone does like that's you know you know travel writers are like unicorns they don't really exist and then what the, what the course does is just make it just make it seem like not just within your reach but like just that you're already like you just need to take not even that leap anymore you just need to take a tiny little step and then it's just and it's there it just makes it feel so much closer and so much more possible and just demystifies the whole thing and it makes you you know makes you wonder why you know why you didn't do that a long time ago so I can't say enough how much it's you know how much it's done for me and how much the circle has has done for me as well like I think it goes to show that I've been you know I've been in the circle 14 months now pretty much pretty much continuously because I just I just can't it's not that it's not that I can't live without it that's uh, (laughs) that's quite extreme it's quite a little bit extreme but I just like it's just a part of I feel like it's a part of you know me now like I automatically you know when it gets to Monday which is usually the typical day that we all check in on the WhatsApp group and we have our Monday call like it rolls around to Monday and I'm just like oh it's you know it's Jeannie's day today (laughs) you know it's just like it's just really powerful being surrounded by people that are on this path with you and you know every time someone shares a win or a non-win you unite behind them either way and either way watching someone get a success or again getting an acceptance or a rejection that's still it doesn't make you lose faith it just you just get more conditioned to this is how you know this is how this thing works and you know every time you do see someone get a yes you're just like you know it it's happening it's happening for people like you know the course and the circle the membership like it all it works like because we're all living proof that it works because everyone in that group is doing incredible 
doing incredible things. We've got people who have been in Condé Nast Traveller and Huffington Post and Toronto Star, you know, and Time Magazine, not mentioning any names, but, you know, and it's just like, it just gives you a blueprint for, you know, for something that you felt was completely impossible. And it's like being given a map to a pot of gold. You know, it's, yeah. I don't know how many more ways that I can say it's brilliant, but it's brilliant. Oh my God. Hannah, you you are so wonderful. I don't think I could have said it's any better. And I really love how you said that when whenever we get wins and non-wins, we unite behind everyone. And that is, I think, the most powerful thing actually inside the circle and why the circle works is that we feel such affinity to each other and we feel like we can handle it, whatever that is, you know, and that is really powerful. And it's not often that you find that in this career or anywhere, actually, that you have such a bond with people and you feel like you're not alone and that there's someone there that you can turn to when you want to celebrate and also when things are difficult. Yeah, definitely. Because like, there's something that's so incredible about the fact that I know I know all the US genies and, and Canadian genies met recently and the UK genies met recently. But even before any of us had met in person, like the fact that we can feel this affinity, like you say, with a group of women that we've never met, like that we've never been able to hug or share a coffee with. Like I feel I feel like we already have such a strong relationship without that. And you know, I know that I know that when we are all able to meet together and be in the same room together, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna go off. Like it's gonna be amazing. <laughs> like I can't wait to go salsa dancing with you all. <laughs> I know. The world, you gotta watch out for us. We're we're coming. Amazing. Well, Hannah, thank you so much for your kind words. I really love hearing from you always. You know how I feel about you. And thank you so much for for sharing your thoughts about what we do inside Travel Media Lab and how the class and our membership can help others. We have an info session coming up, so stay tuned. I will tell you all the details about it. In that info session, I will share with you what this reimagined program will look like. That now includes a class and uh, the membership. And yeah, stay warm there in London. It's snowing there and it's snowing here in Chicago as well. So we got to stay warm. There was like a, there was a crazy blizzard in the middle of our conversation. And now it's sunshine again. Like the weather is mad. Oh my goodness. Well, I thank you for your time. Thank you for your insights. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. I really appreciate it uh, hearing from you. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was it was really lovely to talk to you as ever. Did you hear something that resonated with you from Hannah's story today? Maybe you were listening in and you're like, oh, I've said that to myself before. I've felt that. I've wanted that. If you resonated with what Hannah had to say, then maybe, just maybe, our reimagined Intro to Travel Journalism program is for you. If you're interested in learning more about this program and how we plan to support you for six months inside our membership, The Circle, join us for a free info session on Friday, May 6th at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, where I'll take you behind the scenes of this program and show you the blueprint for getting your travel stories published and kickstarting your travel journalism career. Go to travelmedialab.com slash info session to register today. That's one word, info session. Thank you so much for listening and 